What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is, indeed it is. Hey, we're glad to be on the air this morning. Let me tell you, good God. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It is Tuesday, May the 30th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 870 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, will be joining me uh, at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. Uh, <laughs> I've already messaged our first hour guest and uh, kind of uh, teased to him that I think I'm going to wait till I get him up here on the line with me. Uh, in fact, we'll get him up on the line a little bit earlier than we usually do usually our first hour guests will get them on about 20 uh, minutes into the first hour i think i'm going to call him about 15 minutes and just uh catch him and you up on my crazy morning already uh, yes it's tuesday may the 30th yes it's uh what just a little after uh, 7 a.m as we're doing it live here but uh i've already had a kind of a crazy morning already uh get started with the show and i gotta admit uh i I have two great guests today let me let me tell you about them first uh coming up here you heard him yesterday as we uh did a little preview of uh last night's game seven of the uh, nba eastern conference finals uh between the boston celtics and the miami heat uh we had richard clark on he's our uh, nba expert he's a news director of the carteret county news times carolina coast online.com and again more importantly than and that's an important job don't get it twisted but we have him on here to uh talk nba finals or uh, nba and well i guess it's the finals that are coming up beginning on thursday but uh we uh previewed last night's game looked at every angle inside and out and doggone if uh the celtics didn't uh blow it last night they didn't blow it i mean they just got blown out uh i mean it is what it is jason tatum sprained his ankle on the very first well i don't know if it's the first play of the game but in, within the first 30 seconds of the game uh he's just from that point on i mean now listen he toughed it out there are other players that would have gone over to the sideline and wrapped their ankle up and put ice on it, and he did not do that. I mean, he he stayed out there and played. It didn't help as the Celtics lose 103-84 to and lose Game 7. So now in the history of uh, NBA playoffs, it's now 0-151, 151 teams in the history of the NBA have fallen behind three games to none. 151 teams have not gone on to win the series. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, they they played their guts out. I I don't know what this means for the Celtics. I don't know if this means a coaching change, if they're going to shake up the team. That's for, uh, that's for people like uh, Richard Clark to help us figure out. And we'll have him, uh, like I said, here in about a little more than 10 minutes from right, from right now 
to talk about that. But, uh, man, just a depressing game. I mean, they just the Celtics were not in that game at all. I mean, from the jump. I think they were up one to nothing. <laughs> that might that might have been their only lead in the game uh because uh, Miami Heat came to play man yeah I tell you what uh what Jimmy Butler has done what Caleb Martin and I can't wait to talk to Rich about this too Caleb Martin just to remind you Mr. Clemens I know you're listening right now I think he started at NC State if I'm not so sure then he uh transferred out to uh thank you uh executive producer Linda <coughs> excuse me uh, help me out there, Mr. Clemens. I think Caleb Martin started at NC state. I know he ended up going to, uh, UC Santa Barbara. And, uh, I guess the crazy thing about all this is, I mean, he was just instrumental last night. Uh, the, the Miami heat don't win that game without having the great game that Caleb Martin had. But the thing that was crazy about that whole situation is Caleb Martin was cut by the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. I mean, he wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't that he got traded. It wasn't that, you know, that, uh, he was ineffective or whatever. He was cut, waived by the Charlotte Hornets. And here he is now, uh, in the NBA finals with the Miami heat. And uh, again, I can't say enough about just the way they played last night. Yeah. It hurts my gut. Uh, son of Kinston, uh, Scott Whittington watched it with me and, uh, was very nice, was very kind to me. Could have been cruel last night, but he wasn't. Hey, he knows what a big Celtics fan I am. It's almost like how I know how he's a fan of his teams, and I would never pick on him when uh, when his teams are uh, are struggling. And, man, I'm telling you, the Boston Celtics, they just did not look like the Celtics last night. I mean, they, like I said, I, when, you go, when you get out of the, you come out of the shoot and your uh, best player and a generational player like Jason Tatum sprains his ankle in the first play of the game. That tells you pretty much everything uh, that you need to know, but I really thought they would overcome it. But, hey, congratulations. I don't have a lot of Heat fans in my life. I noticed some on Facebook last night that I didn't even know were Heat fans who came out of the woodwork. But, uh, listen, it's going to be Heat versus the Nuggets in the uh, NBA Finals begin on Thursday in Denver. You'll be able to watch all those on Brian North Network on WCTI, ABC 12. So, uh, uh, God, just heartbroken. I mean, as I sit here talking to you right now, not only am I out of breath out from my uh, morning activities, which I can't wait to uh, catch all of you guys up on when we get Rich on the line with us here in a moment, but uh, oh, there you go. Hey, thank you, Mr. Clemens. I, that's right. I don't know why I was thinking that they went to uh, uh, UC Santa Barbara, but you're right. Uh, Caleb Martin and his brother, they both started up. <laughs> they both started out at NC State, but they ended up playing for the University of Nevada Wolfpack. And as Mr. Clemens said in his message here to me, notice the spelling. NC State's Wolfpack is one word. Nevada's Wolfpack is two words. Uh, Wolfpack. Uh, kind of like Tar Heels. I got to tell you, it, it, nothing drives me crazier, especially alleged Carolina fans, Carolina Tar Heel fans, and these fans that – uh, spell Tar Heels as one word as T A R H E E L S real quick Tar Heels. It's not Tar Heels is two words. And it, again, if you're a fan of a team, I'm a Virginia Cavaliers fan. Okay. I guarantee you, I know how to spell Cavaliers. Look at Mr. Clemens, an NC state grad, and he knows the difference between NC state Wolfpack and Nevada Wolfpack. That's right. I don't know where I got UC Santa Barbara from, but that's right. They, uh, 
Uh, ended up uh, playing for Nevada. And like I said, just look at him last night. Caleb Martin was just – he was instrumental. I'll say it again. They don't uh, have him. They don't win the game last night. So uh, congratulations to uh, the Miami Heat for uh, winning that. And if you're a Miami fan, uh, I need to see some uh, – I need to see some receipts here, okay? And it better not be that you just bought a Miami hat – you know, online last night or when they went up three to nothing on the Celtics, you better have been a Miami Heat for a while, okay? Ugh, ugh, I'm angry. I'm angry. Okay, that's our first hour. Richard Clark will be joining us, like I said, here in a little bit, and uh, we'll be uh, catching you up on uh, everything with the NBA, talking about last night's game, giving you a good extensive preview of uh, the Denver Nuggets versus Miami Heat. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Rich knows his NBA. He's very entertaining. He's got that deep voice. I mean, I love having him here on the show. Okay, that's our first hour. In our second hour, we're going to have, uh, typically, I would say, from North Lenore High School, and he is still with North Lenore High School and is the uh, head baseball coach and the athletics direct, co-athletics director for the Hawks. But in the summertime, he's almost like Superman. He changes uniforms. He changes... <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Clemens. They are just stupid. I agree with that. I like the like the Carolina Mudcats. I, I just I, I got no love for them either. But uh, but listen, uh, Jackson Massey. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. That's funny too. Man, everybody sending me messages. Hey, Pam Sheffield, are you out there? Send me a message. Send it through uh, Linda. Uh, Keith Spence, uh, if you're listening, dude, pop me a message, man. Yes, it's Tar Heels, though, Linda, not not the, the name that you uh, put out there, okay? Uh, but, uh, hey, like I said, in our second hour, man, I'm all over the place this morning. Jackson Massey, he is a head coach of the Kinston Wingmen. They are a an old North State uh, wood bat baseball team that are uh, enjoying their first season uh, with uh, or in our in our proud little city here. They uh, they used to be the Goldsboro Wingmen. In fact, when you pull up the Kenston Wingman uh, site, you see uh, it still says Goldsboro Wingman uh, in the uh, in the bar up there. Uh, they'll change that, I'm sure. But listen, uh, very excited about having Jackson Massey. He is the head coach of the Wingman. Uh, they are playing their games this year at Lenore Community College, and just good timing for them. Uh, they were uh, supposed to, like I said, they were supposed to play at the old ECAP in Goldsboro. But uh, something fell through there. I mean, you know, things happen. And uh, they moved the team to Kinston right before the season began. So uh, they've got all kinds of great stuff going on right now. They've got uh, a name the team contest that's going on. They've got uh, just all kinds of things that are going on. But uh, they play tonight. Uh, they have their first home game, if I am correct, tonight. Uh, we will, uh, I, I'm not sure who they play. In fact, I'm trying to pull their schedule up here and, uh, we'll, we'll get some, uh, well, like I said, we'll get, uh, man, their, their website is just all over the place. Uh, guys, I need you. Kenston wingman. I need you to do better. Uh, Tuesday, they play against, uh, well, I guess they're on the road. Anyway, 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 listen, listen, listen. We'll get this sorted out here, and we will have uh, our good friend Jackson Massey on from uh, the Kenston Wingman. Of course, you know I'm going to do a little uh, North and North talk and uh, wrap up that season with them. Uh, we didn't get to have him on right at the end of the season because we knew we were going to have him on as the season began here. So we'll take a look back at uh, the North Lenore 
uh, 23 season, just a, a great season. Thank you, Robin Godfrey. She said the Wingman home opener is June the 1st. Yes, uh, against the uh, Surfing Turfs. The Surfing Turfs. <laughs> at 5 o'clock out at Lancer Field. And what concerns me a little bit there is there are no lights out at uh, Green or uh, Granger. Uh, there are no lights out at uh, uh, LCC. I don't know how they're gonna if they start at five. Man, they better get that game in before uh, seven thirty or seven forty-five because there are no lights out there at uh, at Lancer Field. But anyway, regardless of everything, we will be talking to our good friend uh, Jackson Massey. In our second hour, we'll give you a little pre. We'll, we'll look back at the North and North season. We'll give you a little preview of what's going to be happening with this uh, Kinston Wingman franchise. And again, they couldn't be with the announcement of the sale last week and the move of the Down East Wood Ducks. Uh, the Wingman could not be uh, doing uh, getting here at just the right time. Uh, again, thank you, Robin, for that. And how about this from Pam? She said she's here. Woo! So. Uh, she's got the little emoji of her hand raised too. That's awesome. So I'll tell you what, let's, uh, let's hear from a couple of our, uh, ads here and then, uh, let's get, uh, uh, Richard Clark up here on the line with us. A rental parrot Academy is the largest independent non-sectarian college prep school in the region located on a beautiful 80 acre campus in Kinston. Parrot draws students from all over Eastern North Carolina, including Kinston, Greenville, Snow Hill, Newburn, Wilson, Goldsboro, Trenton, Maysville, Jacksonville, and maybe Hookerton. Parrot Academy remains steadfast in its purpose of providing the best possible instruction and learning environment for its students. Arendal Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston. I got to tell you, I've had my life insurance with Woman Life for more than 10 years, and I absolutely could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community, as evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one right here in eastern North Carolina. Thank you so much to Danny Rice, Jared Edwards, and Woodman Life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kinston. It's right beside Highland Furniture across from Cell Auto Mall. For 65 years, more than 65 years, Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission, thank you. How about this? Ricky Whaley listening to Holy Mule. How ironic. I'm reading the, uh, uh, I'm doing the uh, LCC read, and uh, our good friend Ricky Whaley chimes in there. Holy Mule, Rick. Uh, LCC has helped men and women in our area for 65 years tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, uh, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you, Richard Clark, can change your life today. (laughs) 
Okay, we changing lives now. We're changing lives now. Listen, Richard Clark, Carteret County News Times, Carolina Coast Online dot com. Before we get the uh, before we get the uh, depressing news from last night, uh, and we, we we dive into that, I have saved this story for you uh, when I brought you up here on the air uh, about my morning. Don't you want to know how my morning's going already, dude? I'm sure everybody does. <laughs> well, I should be going back to the gym again. I've not started back. Uh, I kind of, I know uh, the words that uh, nobody wants to hear, but I'm going to show you. I strained my groin a couple of weeks ago, dude. Oh, okay. Goody. <laughs> I wish I could see your face right now. Because uh, I got to Richard Clark, uh, all the years that I worked with him at the Kenston Daily Free Press, and even when he was in uh, Jacksonville and I was still in Kenston, as tough as you are, you're a tough mofo, man. It was still easy to gross you out, dude. And, and get you doing the little gag reflex thing. You remember how I would do that? Yeah. I had fun oh, with yeah. that. I don't yeah. know if you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gross. So when I say strain groin, uh, I, I bet you're making a, a face right now, aren't you? Absolutely, I am. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, that has nothing to do with my story this morning, okay? But I should be going back to the gym. Uh, allegedly, I'll be going back tomorrow, okay? But we'll we'll, we'll see what happens, okay? But okay. Uh, so anyway, dude, I'm taking my time. I, Really didn't need to do that much show prep because I got you on, and I know you and I, I'll raise the curtain here, dude. I love all my other guests, but you're my favorite guest because you and I can just, and I mean it, dude. I don't have to do a lot of show prep with you, dude, because I know we'll start talking, and then we'll talk about everything in the world, and before I know it, the hour will be up, and I'll be going on to the next hour, and I just don't have to do a whole lot of show prep because I know we're going to talk NBA playoffs, yada, 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 so. Uh, and even Jackson Massey in my second hour, I know there's not a whole lot of show prep to do there either because he is, uh, you know, we're going to talk about North and North, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so dude, it gets to, uh, I, I, to be honest, I haven't, hadn't even been in my, uh, plush, well-lit, uh, studio slash office until I don't even know, six forty, six thirty nine, six forty. And you know, the show starts at seven. And then I look at my, all, my desk in here, Rich, and I'm like, where's my laptop at? And then I'm like, oh, it's got to be in the trunk. You know, I, I we I had to do a, for my PIO job yesterday. You know, we had that uh, we had a press conference with North County Emergency Services Director Murray Stroud and Kenston Police Department Chief uh, Keith Goyette with the uh, with you know the shooting that we had at the paramedic the other night. You got a press release on that? Do you remember seeing it? I did not, but yes, oh. I remember seeing it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so then I'm like, I go out in my car. Well, my laptop bag's not in my trunk. What in the world? Well, maybe, you know, where I watched the game last night, because I, I would have swore I was on my laptop last night, but it wasn't in the man cave. And, and then, dude, it dawned on me. I had left it inside the front door at Lenora, uh, Lenora County Emergency Services uh, yesterday when we did the presser. I oh, wow. freaked the, uh, I freaked out. Let's just put it that way. We got to stay, uh, <laughs> FCC <laughs> compliant here. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Lenore County, uh, dude, now it's like 642, 643. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God, right. can I, can I make it? Cause it's only about two and a half miles from here, but I mean, it's all city dry. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's driving through the city. So I'm like, I tell Linda, I'm going to do it. So I get there, I get back, uh, and sure enough, I mean, I, I have the 
<clears throat> dude, I have the all access pass being the public information officer where I can get into any building of uh, Lenora County, dude. I mean, the sheriff's office, uh, the jail, the health department, anything. Yeah, I, I, I'm fancy like that, okay? Oh, wow. But there's also that fear of I hadn't used it there yet and not in a long time in emergency services. Is it going to let me in? So uh, I call Murray Stroud, our Lenore County uh, Emergency Services Director, uh, on my way there, and I'm like, and I woke him up, dude, on top of everything, man. I woke, you know, the poor guy who worked all Memorial Day weekend with uh, this mess that happened with the, you know, the paramedic being shot. I mean, he did. He put in a lot of hours this weekend. So I get to be the butthole that wakes him up on uh, Tuesday morning, you know? Awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, Murray, if you get an alarm, some, you know, I, I'm using my uh, my ID to get in. I left my bag there. And he, to his credit, he was super cool. Although, this is what he sounded like, Rich. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's fine, man. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I bet it's one of those cases where he maybe, and I hope, I hope, I hope he dozes back off and then wakes up and is like, man, did I dream that Brian Hanks called me at? Yeah, why is my alarm going on again? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, dude, I just didn't want to, you know, listen, I do have that all-access pass that gets me in everywhere, but I also didn't want to, you know, set off all kinds of alarms and have, you know, uh, the Kinston Police Department down there with me, my face down on the sidewalk getting handcuffed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would have been pretty awesome. <laughs> hey! <laughs> It was definitely, it was definitely possible, dude. I don't think I haven't kept looking outside my, uh, my window here in my plush, well-lit studio waiting for a police department vehicles to pull up with blue lights flashing and, uh, ready to come in here and arrest me for, you know, going in there. But anyway, anyway, I, 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 I digress. Uh, so I get back here at six fifty three, uh, and we've got a show going on, dude. All right. There it is. <laughs> Surely you have a – and, dude, I mean, got everything fired up. Got the, ba- the birthday game loaded up for the second hour. Got me a little – usually I have a pretty in-depth script, dude. I mean, like I said, I don't have to with you because I know – you know, I everybody knows who you are. I love you to death. You're 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 my guy. We have had uh, – you know, we know what we're going to talk about uh, over these this next 38 minutes of uh, the first hour of today's show. But I thought more than anything, you, you of all people could appreciate uh, – uh, what Brian did to himself this morning. Oh, I get it. Trust me. That's <laughs> almost a, a daily thing with me. Something like that, dude. But here's, what's crazy. And I mean, now that I can talk about it, I mean, that presser was at two yesterday. We left there at two 30. So from two 30 yesterday afternoon until six 41 this morning, dude, I didn't have my, uh, I didn't have my laptop. I didn't have everything. I mean, dude, my life is in that bag, essentially, okay? I mean, it's got... Oh, I understand. Yeah. I've come all the way down here <laughs> 60 miles and opened my bag and had everything in the bag except the laptop. And you're like, really? How's that even possible? So I get it. Well, and turn around, drive all the way back. <laughs> hey, thank God mine's only two and a half miles away, okay? Yeah, the drive is brutal. Oh, yeah, well... Ah, well, thank you for allowing me to eat into your time a little bit by chatting about oh, it. Okay? Right. <laughs> anyway, Richard Clark, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. And maybe I needed that little bit of excitement and that adrenaline rush uh, this morning of, you know, trying to get on the air seven minutes before I'm scheduled to get on air uh, to kind of offset that. Dude, 
I don't know, man. I mean, and I, see, depression is too strong of a word because there are people out there who are legit going through, you know, who have depression and are going through a tough time. Mine's just sports team induced depression. Sports right, team, right? Hey, dude, that's Stid. Sports team induced depression. Stid. Right. Hey, maybe that, that's a, that's a nice acronym there. But, dude, how can not I? Not a great that? look. No, it wasn't. And I know, and, and I hate to say this. But I think I knew it was over when Jason Tatum sprained his ankle there, what, in the first 20 seconds first of the game? Play. First, first play. First play of the game. Good Lord, dude. I mean, you know. I know. I You're just kind of like, wow. Oh, I know. And, you know, I kind you and I, as we've said many times here on this show, we message each other a lot, dude. In fact, you know what's crazy? I remember, You remember, I, I know I'm getting off on another tangent here, Rich, but you know how it is. It's me and you know I'm going to do it. Do you remember back in the day, and I'm talking about mid-2000s, when you and I were both at the Kinston Daily Free Press, and uh, I was dating Tina, and you were, you know, working 90-hour weeks at the Kinston Free Ugh. Press, and I, that was back in the day, though, with my AT&T bill or Singular or whoever the hell it was, but uh, they would send you, as part of your phone bill, every text that you made. Do you remember those days? I do, yeah. For these kids these days, they, they just think all oh, text messages are just, you know, it is what it is. Dude, <laughs> I remember back in the day, dude, and you paid for your text too. What, if you did like a 1,000 or under text, there was yeah. one bill. Or you could have unlimited yeah. text, and that was a pretty big bill. Or up to 500, up to 250, all that. I remember, dude, getting one one time that had, I don't even remember, dude. I think I, I've always had the unlimited plan. It is what it is. But, uh, <laughs> dude, like 70% of my text messages were to you. Like 20, 20% <laughs> were to Tina. And then the other 10% were just business and other stuff, dude. But we've all, just, I, I, I tell that to let everybody know. You and I have been serial text messengers uh, for a long, long time. But you and I always text during these games, during uh, NBA, uh, definitely playoff games, and especially uh, Celtics games. Not a lot last night. I mean, we probably still did 20 or 25 back and forth to each other, but it was just so depressing from the first play of the yeah. game. And just they just never found their rhythm last night. You said yesterday here on the show it was going to be a low-scoring game. You called that and said. But the, the worst part was, dude, you picked uh, the Heat to win. I know. <laughs> Why, Richard? Why? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, you know. It was an ugly series, wasn't it? Oh my god! I mean, it really was. It really was just an ugly series all the way around. And truthfully, Miami was probably the right team to win because y'all, the Celtics kind of stole Game Six. Um, although you could make a strong case that Miami actually stole the lead there at the end. So, but Boston just never looked comfortable, even when they were winning. Um, they, they all, you always had this air that Miami was going to come back. Um, so I don't know. I, I, you know, with the new with the new cap rules, I don't know what Boston's going to do. Yeah. Because do you bring all these guys back? And because you know, even though they're young, especially Tatum, you know, he hasn't hit his prime yet. But you've seen this same team basically do the same thing for the last what three four years. Um, and Miami was clearly not the better team. I mean, Caleb Martin was cut by the Hornets, for Christ's sake. And he was probably at least the third best player in the series. 
Dude, think about that. Oh, no, no, no. I know, isn't that crazy? And I actually talked a little bit about that and had Mr. Clemens uh, chime in. I had forgotten. I had totally forgotten, Rich, that uh, Caleb Martin was a wolf packy, was a wolfie. You know, he was a wolf yeah. packer. Uh, in fact, he went from one wolf pack to the other wolf pack going from uh, NC State to Nevada. But I had totally forgotten that Caleb Martin was a uh, was an NC State guy. I had totally forgotten that he was what you just brought up there too, that he was a Hornet. And here's what explain, make it make sense. Richard Clark, how in the world did the Charlotte Hornets cut? How much, how in the world did they wave Caleb Martin? A guy who, like you said, rich was arguably the third best player in the Eastern conference finals, dude, explain that. And, one and if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they kept his brother, yeah. <laughs> which is even worse. So, you know, it just goes to show you that for most of these guys, and I would put the number at somewhere in the 90 percentile, it's about fit and where you're at. And, you know, does the coach want you to be there? Does the coach want you to be successful? Is he going to give you an opportunity? All that stuff matters. I mean, because as I've said before on this show, the difference between the guys in this league that are really good and the guys that barely get off the bench is not that great. It's just not. Um, not on any given night, especially. What makes the great ones really great is they do great stuff every single night. That's the difference. You know, every guy in that league in this league could go out there and score thirty on a given night. The difference is, can they do it three out of four nights? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and I know I keep bringing him up, but he is our hometown hero here in Reggie Bullock. Uh, same deal, dude. I mean, he couldn't scratch. Yeah, absolutely. He couldn't scratch with the Clippers. Couldn't scratch with the Phoenix Suns. But, hey, get him under uh, uh, Stan Van Gundy in Detroit, and he became uh, a valuable player. Is he ever going to be an all-star? No. I mean, and I think he's even good with that. He knows his role. And it's like you said. I mean, you put somebody in the right position. You could have the 12th guy on – who was the worst team this year? In the San Antonio Spurs – and put him on another team, and he could be a contributor on that team, couldn't he? Absolutely. I think I think the problem, and this probably goes for any walk of life, while you definitely want to teach people to do new things, I think the good bosses and the good coaches and the good whatever are the people that understand what they're looking at and are able to formulate their, their plan to accommodate the, the skill set of the people they have with them. And and those are the people that are highly successful. You and I both know that 99% of the people you meet that are in charge of, whether it's a team or a business or whatever, are trying to hammer that round peg into the square hole yeah. because they can't adapt. They're the ones that can't adapt. I think that the success, especially in sports, the successful coaches are able to adapt the players they have, and look what Spolster's done. Because not you go back and look at their team, the roster that made it to the finals in the bubble, and they've had a lot of turnover since then. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's still there, and Bam's still there, but the rest of the roster doesn't look the same. So he's done it again with guys that were on the trash heap. Gabe Vincent, he was a second from being playing overseas, you know. And these guys have been major contributors. Now they've had some big misses. They gave Duncan Robinson a ton of money, and he's clearly not the guy. Say, so, put a pin, that, put a pin, put a pin in that just for a second. Does he not have? And we've we messaged this back and forth each other. Does he not have the most punchable face? 
since uh, Bill Lambeer. I mean, and I mean that. I mean, there's just something. You just want to punch Duncan Robinson in the face. And I'm not advocating violence here, kids. I'm really not. But they're just dude. And especially when he started doing that waving to the crowd, which don't get it twisted. I mean, the Celtics would have done it if they had were winning game seven in Miami. And it is what it is. But, man, I just want to ball my fist up and see just how deep in his forehead I can get my knuckles, dude. <laughs> and to take it a step further, you know that the Celtics cut Matt Struess. <sighs> no, they didn't. I didn't even know that, no. dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, go oh, yeah. back, dude. You were talking about Duncan Robinson. I'm sorry I interrupt you, but I if if I would have forgotten that, and I, I definitely had to bring up how I just want to punch Duncan Robinson in the face, dude. Does he? But you yeah, he, address he, it. Does he not have a punchable face? Yeah, he's not one of my favorites, but um, you know, <laughs> there there are a lot of guys like that. Um, but to be fair, when I was playing, I was probably that guy to a lot of fans that weren't my fans, put it that way. Uh, dude, uh, no, I mean, I, and I never got to see in your prom, obviously, but I, your thing was, dude, that, that I, you know, like I said, I, I only got to see you on the pickup level. I never got to see you at the high school or collegiate level, but my thing with you, dude, you were just, you're a facilitator. Again, you're not, you were, you well, know, I, I hope came I don't up in a different you. era. Well, I was about to say, I hope I don't insult you when I say this. Nah, you, uh, you were never going to be that 25 points a game guy, you know? Nah, you were no, the no, guy that, absolutely not. I just remember getting hit in the head a couple of times with passes from you because your court vision was amazing. I do. We, when we, I talk about you, I that's what up, I say. Go ahead. Ironically, ironically, that's exactly what the Celtics are missing. And, and to be fair to the Celtic organization, a lot of teams because that, that player really doesn't exist anymore. Um, uh, Chris what? Paul. I'd say Chris Paul's got great court vision. Okay. Don't you agree? Chris Paul, um, as, a, as a true, well, he's not a true point guard, but yes, he does. He's probably got the best. I mean, Mike Conley, okay. um, Chris Paul, there's just not a lot of them anymore. And I think that's one of the reasons you see, when especially when the shots aren't going down, that a lot of these offenses struggle. Because it's easy when the shots are going down, but what if they're not? Then you got to figure out a way to manufacture points. And typically, that's been the Jason Kidd person yeah. or whoever it was. And, <clears throat> excuse me, those guys just don't exist anymore. Everybody wants to score. Even Marcus Smart. I mean, here's a guy that should be that guy, but he wants to shoot. Yeah. You can tell he wants to shoot. So that's probably if, if I'm looking for somebody, that's what I'm looking for. But again, I don't know if that guy exists anymore. I just don't. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, going back, let, let's put a wrap on last night. When did you know, was there a line of demarcation? Was it on the first play of the game when uh, Jason Tatum goes down with a sprained ankle? When did you know that the game was over last night? Or was it later in the game, Rich? It, it was actually later because you kind of, when they got it to seven. Um, it was, I think it was around 69, 62. And you're like, well, maybe they can do something because now you're right there. And then they proceeded to brick a three, a bad three. Then Jalen Brown did one of his, I'm going to dribble it off my feet. <laughs> and next thing you know, they're down 11 again, 12 or whatever it was. And you're just like, see, that's it. I knew that was it right then. I think that was halfway through the third. Because if you can't get that thing down and you keep getting to that hump and you can't get over, yeah. eventually you just run out of gas. And they were doing all this without Tatum, who clearly was affected by the ankle. And to be fair to Tatum, it looked pretty bad on TV. 
It, uh, it, it, here's what, well, here's what I re- admired about it, though, Rich. He stayed in. And that's what I said right before I brought you up on the air. I was like, you know what? That's the one thing he could. And I don't think anybody in the world would have blamed him, Rich. I mean, if he'd have gone over to the sideline, propped his ankle up, got ice on it or whatever. But, I mean, he he man he manned up. He uh, worked his he tried to work his way through it. But I guarantee you this morning he is regretting it, don't you think? Oh, I'm sure it hurts today. And, and that's the funny thing about uh, when they always talk about guys playing hurt and all that. It only really matters if you win. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. Because it's just the way we do things and win sports. Uh, he'll never get the credit for being out there on that because, you know, his sock wasn't bleeding through and he didn't win. Well, we're doing it so, right now. We're giving him credit right now. You know, I got to bring a little Wahoo Wah into this. How much did not having uh, Malcolm Brogdon hurt the Celtics last night? You were talking about ball handling. If there's one thing that, I mean, and he, and again, someone that I think has court vision and can handle the ball a little bit, which is what they were sorely lacking last night. Uh, I, to me, I thought, yes, and I know Tyler Heroes missing from the heat and yada, 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 but uh, I thought the Celtics not having Brogdon last night really, really hurt them. Your thoughts on that? I think not having him has hurt them all, all, all along, period. Yeah. Uh, his shooting, look, he can handle the ball, and there's no question, and he was a facilitator as as well, but he could get his own shot, too. And that's something that Jalen Brown really kind of struggles with. So when all you were left with was Derek White and, and Tatum doing it, and they didn't really give Derek White the green light until way too late. Yeah, um, they missed Brogdon, and and you could tell when he shot that first one. I mean, it looked like a shot put the way that thing came down. So, uh, you, you know, the Heat at that point were like, "Yeah, we're not even covering him." Yep. God, that's got to feel good as a coach, or even if you're on the court. And again, as someone who's logged thousands of hours on the court that you have in your life, when you know that, hey, you really only need to go five on four. You know, I mean, you don't want the guy to drive in. You've got to keep him, you know, out on the perimeter. But, hey, hey, buddy, you shoot all you want to. Hey, you've done that crap to me before, okay, where, well, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, 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 there was really five on three. Wow. Because no matter what lineup they put out there, you either had Grant Williams or Rob Williams or Brogdon, you know, and basically they were, you didn't need to guard them at all. Uh, and Go ahead, shoot. You know, and so the the Heat were going to load up to stop the guys from penetrating that they needed to do, which they do a good job of anyway. And I think that that bore itself out. You know, they just couldn't get hot. And, you know, now Marcus Smart's bricking threes, and they're going the other way. So, Well, like I said, it was just very, very disappointing, a a very, very sad way for uh, the Celtics to end their season. Um Let's talk about before we we are. I, I want to get the Richard Clark uh, predictions and uh, just preview of the NBA Finals, which begin on Thursday, and we'll get to that in a moment. But where do the Celtics go from now? I know you and I are big Bill Simmons fans, and they've you know are Bill Simmons fan, and uh, you know he's been uh, speculating that things could be blown up in Boston. I don't know now with it going to a game seven if all that's going to happen. But I, your thoughts? What do you think? Do do you keep? Uh, Tatum and Brown together, do you – I mean, I think Tatum's there forever, but do you maybe uh, see what the market is like for Brown? Do you give him the max? I mean, I can't imagine two team or two players on one team getting $50 million a piece a season, but that may be the road the Celtics are headed down, isn't it? Well, 
I don't know a whole lot about the, I'm trying to figure out the new collective bargaining. Yes. Um, and the way that sounds to me is you're not going to be able to have, but there'll be no more of these three guys, super teams. I just don't think that's even going to be feasible. And I think even if you lock yourself in to two max guys, you're probably going to be pretty tight after that. Um, and I don't think any of the teams actually know how to deal with it because this just came into place, what, a month ago? Yeah. So um, from that standpoint, I'm actually probably looking at trying to get rid of Jalen Brown if that's if that's possible, and then maybe try to keep – I'd probably get rid of Marcus Smart too, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and try to keep Brogdon and Derek White on a little bit lesser contract. Because I think what you're about to see is the end of the so-called super team era with this two-tiered salary cap, which is a little bit more of a hard cap in the NFL sense um, than it is like baseball, put it that way. Well, there you go. That voice list, too, it's uh, Richard Clark of the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. He's our NBA and hoops expert. Hey, right, let, let's put a bow on it. Uh, your final thoughts from uh, the Eastern Conference Finals last night. Now, now, Rich, 0-151, 151 times that a team has mm-hmm. fallen behind 3 to nothing, and 151 times that that team uh, that that team didn't make it to uh, or, you know, didn't win the series. Four times that they've forced a game seven, but uh, just, dude, 0 151. Your final thoughts on that, dude? Well, the there's, I don't think anybody is ever going to win, go with that. that. Like I said, forcing a game seven after losing the first three is, you know, pretty, pretty, just doesn't have very much. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know if we're ever going to see that one broke. That's just one of those that's, might be there like Kyle Ripken's record, you know? Wow. I agree with you. Hey, listen, a question uh, from uh, Jason Bryant, the sales executive to the stars that he's got for you here. Uh, It's a very interesting dude. Good question, uh, uh, Jason. How about this, uh, Rich? What if, this is what he asked, what if Brandon in 2016, we're talking about Brandon Ingram, would have fallen to third in the 2016 draft, I mean, as you know, Jalen Brown was drafted third by the Celtics that year. But what if? What if uh, the Lakers had taken Jalen Brown and Brandon had slipped to the third spot uh, for the Celtics? Oh, my God, you talk about me being in heaven, dude. How how freaking cool would that have been on a side note there? But your thoughts on that? Would Boston be better, the same, or uh, better, worse, or the same if uh, Brandon's at the or Brandon's playing for the Celtics instead of Jalen Brown? Well, the easy answer would be better. Um, I would be concerned about Tatum and, and Brandon. Are they the same player? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't because they kind of are. But, you know, who knows if that would work. I, I'll be honest. The better question, and I guess that's probably not the right way to say it because that's a good question, would be what would have happened if the Sixers had taken Brandon? Because at this point, if you do a redraft, Ben Simmons is not going number one. Shoot. Hey, dude, Oh, I'm, I'm trusting that you're not looking at the draft. Do you remember who went number four in 2016? Because, dude, I would have lost everything I own if you'd even given me multiple choice. Wasn't it um, – wasn't it Bender or somebody like that? <laughs> Richard, you never cease to amaze me. Yes, it was Dragon Bender went to the Suns. Where the hell is Dragon Bender now, dude? Is he even in the uh, league? He's no, 
he's probably over there with um, the guy that was taken between Carmelo and Dwayne Wade. You know, Darko. <laughs> oh, dude, he is no. Now his nickname was a Croatian sensation. Uh, dude, he only played for four years in the NBA. Dude, his final season was uh, the twenty season was the nineteen twenty season. How about that, dude? Dude, let's keep playing this game. Do you remember who the fifth pick was that year? Oh, I do not. I'll even, not I'll even tell you. I'll even tell you it was the Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Timberwolves had the fifth pick. Yep. That year. Yep. Oof. <laughs> dude, I mean, hey, you've sold me on. I can't believe you got Dragon Bender. Do you remember a guy named Chris Dunn? Oh, yeah. Matter <laughs> of fact, he was playing for the Lakers last year. Yep, there you go. Uh, he was the fifth pick, and I will, we'll just finish this top ten there. Six, the Pelicans, which turned out to be a pretty good pick. Buddy Heald, uh, seventh. Yeah. Pick. Oh, this is cool. How about this? The seventh pick that year. He will be playing this Thursday night for the Denver Nuggets. It's Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Hey, yeah, and look, you do a redraft. He might be number two. There you go, dude. Uh, number eight was Marquise Chris. Yeah. Why do I not remember? I don't remember him for uh, Sacramento. Number nine for the Raptors was Jacob Podel. Did I even say his name right? P-O-E? Yeah, he's still, he's still in the league. He's actually back with the Raptors now. And then number 10, yeah. I'll tell you this, dude. Milwaukee drafted him, and we had him at the Holiday Invitational. In fact, uh, he played for two different teams. He played for a Canadian team. Then he played for uh, one of our teams down here. Thon Maker, dude. I really, I'm telling you, Rich, I thought Thon Maker was a real deal. I really did. I mean, seven footer, uh, could, had, dude, kind of in the, oh, dude, you're going to hang up on me when I say this, but kind of in the same mold as uh, Win by Yana in a way, except for thicker. I mean, he wasn't, he well, was not going to. No, I mean, you're right. You're right in that sense. I, I think the, the problem with the Thon Makers of the world are exactly that they actually are a microcosm of everything that's kind of wrong with today's basketball he had zero feel of the game he could shoot and he could dribble and he could do all that separately from each other in a vacuum but when you throw it all in a pot and then say hey go play basketball he was lost yeah so you know yeah if you're doing shooting drills he was okay if you do you know dribbling drills he was fine but then go, hey, dribble, then shoot, then play defense, and he didn't know what to do. And and that really probably goes back to his high school coach. You know, they were out there trying to win instead of teaching him something. Or, and, and look where it's at, because he's not alone. There's a bunch of those guys, you know, the, the, as you just showed on that list. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Look at that list for a minute. Those are top ten in the NBA picks for that year. And what? Three of them are legitimate starters in the NBA. Yeah, I'm saying, dude. You know what? I, let's go ahead and say. Let's go. I mean, I, it's just occurred to me. <clears throat> excuse me. And I know we're. Bl- I am. <clears throat> goodness gracious! Hold on one second. I know I'm blatantly stealing this from uh, Bill Simmons, but dude, this summer we're going to have some redrafts, dude. 
And I know he's done that, and that's his thing, but you know what? We're going to have fun with that. When we're struggling for things to talk about in August, and yeah, the NFL's not quite here yet, but we're wanting to talk about that a little bit, and college football's not here, and I can't even fathom you and I trying to talk Major League Baseball, dude. (laughs) It gives me chill bumps just thinking about it, dude. Dude, we're going to do some draft. Go ahead and count on it, dude. We're going to do the 2016 redraft. And do, I mean, do like the first 20 picks, dude. How about this, dude? Don't forget, that is the year that Malcolm Brogdon went in the second round, dude. And he ended up being the rookie of the year that year. Now, do I think he's number one for that year? Oh, absolutely not. But still, dude, I mean, Zubats was in that draft. Okay? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. i tell you another one. Go look at the 2014 draft and the 41st pick in the second round. I am uh, pulling it up right now, 41st. Oh, my God. Nikola Jokic was 41 overall that year? That's right. There there you go. That's that's it. Dude. See, that just goes to show you, it's not – drafting is – and we we can say this about all the sports, and, you know, baseball actually might be the worst. Um, The drafting is just – it is an absolute crapshoot at this point. You know, fifty-fifty is probably being generous. You know what I mean, dude? It is crazy. Oh, we're gonna have fun with this, dude. I can already tell you, man. I mean, Andrew Wiggins number one, and I, you know, I mean, when we do the okay. redraft, obviously, you know, he will not be number one. It's gonna be Jokic from the forty-one, from the forty-one slot all the way up to number one. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But Wiggins has put together a nice little career, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely not. He's definitely done himself a service. He's fine. Yeah. You know, he, he's done what he should do. I mean, did he live up to number one? Probably not. But, you know, that's a, that's a big ask for anybody, honestly. Jabari Parker went two. There you go. Right? Dude. There you go. Dude. Uh, Joel Embiid three. I got no problem with that. He probably he should have been probably one or two that year. Looking back on it, dude, Aaron Gordon who will be. How about that, Aaron Gordon who will be playing uh, for the Denver Nuggets? He went four overall to Orlando, right? Which is actually probably high for somebody like him. But you know, he's a starter in the NBA, so I guess you can't really say too much. No, not at all, dude. Can you? I know. Talk about we're going back in time ten years now or nine years. Do you remember who went five to Utah that year in 2014? 2014, I do not. <laughs> Dante Exum. Wow, number yeah. Number five pick, man. See what I mean? See yeah. what I'm talking about? Six it, it's, was, a, it's amazing, isn't it? It is, dude. Six was Marcus Smart, who uh, has the coolest hair in all of the NBA other than Reggie. Uh, number seven, Julius Randle to the Lakers. That's right. I forgot the Lakers drafted him. How about this for a way, uh, number eight, the Sacramento Kings, which just shows you why. And we've got Charlotte right after this. Nick Stoskas. <laughs> yeah. See? Wow. Oh, ouch. Good That's Lord. a big old ouch, isn't it? Dude, he, he put, ended up, uh, now this is nine years ago, he ended up playing 343 games in the NBA, dude. Okay. Well, it gets even better. How about number nine, dude? The Charlotte Hornets. Noah Vonley, who played in our Oof. tournament, exactly, who played in our tournament up at the Holiday Invitational. Oof. And I wasn't that impressed with him then, dude. I well, mean, yeah, I, I could say I was disappointed in that pick when they did it. I mean, I, you, you want, like I said, you wonder what they're looking at. It's, it's just like this year's draft. You know, I, I said the same thing about last year when they took, we're talking about Jabari Smith 
and, and Chet instead of Paolo. And I'm like, what are you looking at? Because what I'm seeing, it's not close. Now, if you want to say, okay, in five years, I think this guy will be, his ceiling is higher. Okay, I, I could I could see that. Yeah. But there's nothing about Jabari Smith that ever made me go, he's better than Paolo. Never. And the same thing this year. They're going to keep pumping this kid from Alabama, and they're going to keep pushing down the kid from uh, the uh, NBDL or well, G League school. And, and the Hornets going to mess this up. And I'm telling you right now, Scoot is a way better player. I don't care what anybody says. But they're going to get enamored by this guy because he's five, he's 6'10 and can semi-shoot, although I never really saw him shoot well at Alabama. He's kind of got the Cam Reddish syndrome as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> they keep telling me the kid can shoot, but I haven't seen him actually do it yet. I love it, man. So, I love it. Uh, and then, like, just other than that, Joe Harris from Virginia was taken in the second round in that draft and has made a nice little career for himself. I'm not – dude, he'll, again, one of those players, he's like Reggie. He'll never be an all-star. We know what – you you know what you're getting out of Joe Harris. Uh, he's well, little, Joe Harris's problem is, is he got hurt. Yeah. And when you're already a little bit slow and then you blow your knee out and now you're real slow, that's his problem. And – um you know, if he was playing for somebody like a Boston or Miami where they could kind of hide him a little bit defensively, he would have been way more successful. But he was on them turbulent net teams, you know, so you, you never knew what you were going to get. Yeah. Um, and then when his shot quit going down at that prolific rate that it was two years ago prior to the injury, all of a sudden you're looking at that salary going, man, is he worth it? Eh, maybe. Maybe not. Depends on what you need him to do, I guess. There you go. That voice you're listening to is Richard Clark. Man, talk about – go ahead and count on it, dude. We're doing redrafts, and i tell you what, you – not obviously we'll wait until the NBA Finals is over, but uh, this is good. That's this is going to be a fun summer, man, of going back and talking about these players. I mean, P.J. Hairston was in that 20, uh, 2014 draft, a first-rounder from Carolina that drafted by me. He ended up only playing 111 games in the NBA, dude. That's it. 111 Ooh. games. Uh, dude, this is going to be fun. I can't one. wait. I can't wait. For Spencer Dinwiddie was uh, was picked in that draft, dude, in the second round. Uh, like I said. And look, look how long he's been in the league. I, exactly, dude. Jordan Clarkson was a second round pick in that draft, dude. Uh, anyway, okay. Three. Okay. Uh, we got Rich here for a few more minutes. Let's, uh, dude, let's get a preview. Uh, the Denver Nuggets. Versus Miami Heat in the uh, NBA Finals. The begin game one is this Thursday night on uh, on the Brian North Network on ABC Twelve uh, WCTI. Uh, <laughs> dude, listen, Miami has gone in as prohibitive underdogs in every series. Dude, nobody thought they were going to beat Milwaukee. Maybe not the Knicks series. You even said you you picked them to beat the Knicks in the uh, right. in the second round. But uh, we both said, I mean, I I thought that Celtics were going to win in six or maybe even in five. We saw what happened there. And obviously, you know, Vegas has got uh, Denver as overwhelming favorites. But, dude, I just think the Heat, I don't know if they're going to win it, but I don't think it's going to be Nuggets in six or Nuggets in five. I think it's going to be a series. Give us the Richard Clark uh, preview for uh, Heat Nuggets. Well, let's call it the 90% version. I think this is a five-game series and the Nuggets blow them out. Okay. However, let me say this with a big however. There's a world here that the Heat win this thing. Think about this. Okay. 
we see it all the time when teams had a long layoff, they come out rusty. And they come out rusty and somehow he steal the first game. Okay, now you go back to Miami 1-1, right? Well, you know somewhere along the way Miami's going to steal another game with all that flopping and flailing. That's just what they do. Yeah, You know what I mean? We You, you see it every time. And in a series, one set of those referees is going to fall for it. So that game, there's another win right there. Then if you throw in the random Jimmy Butler game, uh-oh, yeah. Now what? You know what I mean? So there's a there's a world where this is a, a real series going seven games. It just is. So I really believe this first game is going to be key for Miami. Do they go down there and get blasted? They are tired. They pull out a lot of minutes. Now you go, you got to go to that altitude. Now does the rust beat the, the altitude? That's where you're at right now with Denver. They haven't played in, what, a week and a half? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, there's going to be real rush there. Now, the one thing they got is they can get a good look at the basket because of that. They got the best player on the planet. And I think at this point, anybody that was having MVP doubts about anybody other than Joker, they 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 should take their credentials right now. Because he, if you watch him, I'll say this too: it, this might not be a big series for as far as fans go across the board with Miami and Denver. But I'm telling you, if you enjoy basketball, I just watch a half. Just watch one half of basketball with Joker and then tell me if you don't like it. Well, allow me to say this, too, and you're much too humble, and you really are when it comes to this. Listen, anybody that's listened to Tuesday editions of the Brian Hank Show in this basketball season or what we started having you on about a year ago, uh, every Tuesday, dude, you have always, and I'm giving you credit here. I mean, I know, you know, national sources, whatever, but I'm talking about here in Eastern North Carolina, dude, no one has, uh, has, uh, promoted, uh, Jokic more than you have, dude. You have said it from the jump. Every time he comes up, you're like, listen, he's the best player in basketball. And you've always said that. So you get 100% credit on this, Rich. I mean, and again, I've said, I'm getting ready to say what I've said before for folks like me that, you know, I, I'm not a, a true NBA junkie like you are. I mean, you'll stay up and, you know, you're a league pass guy. You'll watch those West Coast games. I'm not that guy. I mean, I'll watch Jokic when he plays in Boston or when they right. do an East Coast swing or something like that, or maybe luckily, which it never seems to happen, if they get a Sunday afternoon game in, uh, you know, on ABC or something like that. Right. But you're the guy that has really watched him a lot. For folks who are not familiar, you know, and again, I know you're thinking we're rehashing something, but it's for folks who maybe haven't had a chance to watch him and haven't heard you talk about him. Get a preview, Nikola uh, Jokic, for uh, fans here in ENC, dude. Um, if you watch any basketball at all and you watch Larry Bird play, just think of a guy that's, I don't know, 80 pounds heavier and maybe three inches taller because that's essentially what Joker, Joker is at this point. If Larry Bird was playing in this era, this is what it would look like. This guy is the best passer in the league, not just big man. Probably... At this point in his career, you could probably make the case that he's the second best passing big man ever to play. Wow! Um, I'm telling you, he makes he makes plays that I actually stop it and rewind it in live mode. Going, how did he see that? You know, because it's just if you pass it all and play basketball at all, there are certain times, and I guess it's like this with anything. If you're a dirt bike rider and you watch this kid in the X Games do something, you're like, holy smoke! Do you have any idea how hard that is? Well, that's what I say about three times a game when I watch Joker. 
I'm like, my goodness, how did he even do that? And this is a slow guy that doesn't jump, but oof, he is he's deadly, and he'll get you a good look just about every time down court. Well, and and the and better part is his teammates, particularly John Maul Murray, that we just day for mentioned Jamal Murray, know how to play with him, and and that that's a big thing. And his ability to pass and look for the open man and make the right basketball play is infectious on that team. So you don't get the stagnant nature that you saw the Celtics do last night. You just don't get that with them. Well, hey, let's tell you what we're coming up. Can you hang out with us a couple minutes into the second hour? Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. This is the end of the first hour of the Brian Hanks Show uh, presented by Lenore Community College. Richard Clark, our first hour guest, <clears throat> going to hang out with us a little bit into our second hour. Uh, Also coming up in our second hour, Jackson Massey on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.